So we're in a new series called Matters of the Heart that we started last week, where we are looking very closely at the fruits of the Spirit that Paul identifies in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Love, joy, peace, and patience, kindness, generosity, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I think that part of following Jesus and taking Jesus seriously means learning to cultivate these virtues in our life on a consistent basis. Uh, not just every now and then, not just on Sundays, but all the time, uh, day in and day out. Now, last week we started with the first two. We looked at love and joy. And today we're moving on to the second two, peace and patience. In John's Gospel... And remember, John's Gospel is different from the other three Gospels. The other three we call the Synoptics. John's Gospel is much more spiritual in many ways. Uh, in John's Gospel, after Jesus has washed his disciples' feet, which was an act of service and humility, after he has celebrated the Passover, after he has predicted his betrayal, after he's given his disciples a new commandment where he says, Love one another just as I have loved you. Everybody will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. After he tells them that, that there are many rooms in his father's house and he's going to prepare a place for them, he then says these words in chapter 14 about the Holy Spirit. I've said these things while I am still with you. But the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Let me read those words again. My peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. Is there anybody here this morning who can say that you don't need more peace and patience in your life? Is there anybody here this morning who can say with a straight face, no, I've got this mastered, I've got this figured out? Is there anybody here this morning who can say that you remain calm in all situations? It's highly unlikely. In this world in which we live, with its noise and busyness, its conflict and drama, its pain and its disappointment, peace and patience have become very challenging and yet very necessary virtues that we need to try to attain and hold on to, and I would add spread to other people. I want to tell you a story about a, a certain person. He was born into a wealthy family. His father was uh, an expensive clothing merchant. He was handsome, witty, basically had everything he wanted. He had lots of friends and connections through his family. He loved to have parties. He loved to have a good time. But there was an ongoing sense of discomfort comfort and discontent that was burning inside of this particular person. 
One time he was uh, down in the market, he was selling clothes for his father, and he was approached by a beggar. And at first he turned the man down, but later he had a change of heart, and he chased after the beggar, and he, he gave the man everything that he had made that day, all the money that he had in his pockets and that was on him. His friends made fun of him. His father was angry with him. Why would you do something like that, his father said. He wanted to be a knight, so he went off to serve in the military, but he was captured very quickly. His father paid an expensive ransom to have him released. After recovering from a serious illness one day, he was riding on horseback through the countryside when he encountered a leper. Now, most people in that day would have run from the leper, but this man suddenly had a change of heart. He walked towards the leper and he embraced him. He had grown tired of the social divisions and the stereotypes of his day. He developed compassion for the outcasts and for the downtrodden and for the people who others always avoided. One day while he was worshiping before a crucifix, he heard the voice of Christ telling him to rebuild the Christian church and to live a life of poverty. So this man made a decision to break away from his wealthy family and to live a very different life, a life of poverty, a life that was free of material things. Some people thought he was crazy to give up such a comfortable existence, but he was convicted. The worldly things didn't matter to him anymore. Now, if you haven't figured it out, I'm talking about a man named St. Francis of Assisi. He lived in the late 12th, early 13th century, and he was later named the patron saint of Italy. He would become one of the most venerated figures in Christian history. Francis went from a privileged life where he had everything to a life where he had nothing. And he became much happier for it. He found a purpose. St. Francis wrote a prayer that would later become famous. The prayer says this, Lord, make me an instrument of your peace. Where there is hatred, let me sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. O Divine Master, grant that I may not so much seek to be consoled as to console to be understood as to understand, to be loved as to love. For it is in giving that we receive. It is in pardoning that we are pardoned, and it is in dying that we are born to eternal life. If you're looking to develop a prayer life, in addition to the Lord's Prayer, I would lift this prayer up to you as well. St. Francis had a major conversion in his life, and that conversion led him to a very different way of living, a different way of thinking, a different way of being, and he found inner peace. For some people, it takes that kind of conversion, but for others, that kind of drastic change is not possible or realistic. Many of us have families, responsibilities, obligations. We can't just pack up everything and go off and live the monastic life, even though that might sometimes be tempting. So what does peace look like for the rest of us? What does it mean to experience peace on a regular basis? 
Peace in the soul. Peace that passes understanding. The peace that Christ brings us. I've always found it helpful to identify and to name the things in our lives that keep us from experiencing peace. These are the things that often get in the way of peace or that interrupt peace. What are some of those things? Well, I'll name a few. Ourselves. Sometimes we get in our own way. What does Paul say in Romans? I don't understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Probably the best description of sin you'll find in the epistles. Sometimes it's our own patterns of behavior that keep us from experiencing peace. I'd add fear to that list. Fear of things that may or may not happen. Fear of the future, fear of rejection, fear of judgment, fear of the unknown. One of Jesus' recurring teachings and messages was, be not afraid. It's really hard to find peace when you're always afraid, when you're always full of anxiety. Basic responsibilities. We all have responsibilities in our jobs, in our marriages, with our children, with our families. Just taking care of the things that we're supposed to take care of, that can pile up and make peace very difficult. We get busy. The things that called me into the ministry, a desire to preach and teach and counsel and heal, these are not necessarily the things that I find myself doing all the time. Administration, not all that spiritual. Handling conflicts that come up, not all that spiritual. But these are responsibilities that we have. Conflict. There are people in life who just like to fight, and they're always creating conflict. And usually it says more about what's going on in, in their heart than it does about the particular uh, issue of the time. Ego, pride. Wanting our lives to matter, wanting to be important, wanting others to recognize how great we are, wanting to control everything that happens, wanting to be recognized for the things that we do, these things don't always help us live spiritually. Anger, getting mad in certain situations or with certain people, feeling frustrated or irritated, letting things eat at us over time rather than letting them go. Issues of money, financial matters, trying to pay the bills, hoping to have enough. You know, financial matters can be very stressful. It's the number one cause of problems in marriage and in family life, living above our means. Issues of money often keep many people on edge. These are some of the things that I'm naming that keep us from experiencing peace on a regular basis if we let them. This is what Jesus was talking about, I think, when he said, in the world you will have tribulation. You will have challenges. You will have headaches. You will have disappointments. You will have frustrations. Then remember what Jesus said. He said, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Despite all of these things, I want to ask the question today, how can we live our lives in a way that puts us in a place to experience peace on a regular basis. I think we all acknowledge that we're not going to have peace every day, all day. But how do we get to a place where we can experience it more often than we are right now? 
Five thoughts. First, and I think this is maybe the most important, we have to do our best to make peace with ourselves. Well, this sounds obvious. Yes, but so many people haven't done this. So many people haven't asked God to help them do this. Robert Schuller, who was the minister out at Crystal Cathedral in Los Angeles, once said, do you want peace in your family? Do you want peace in your community? Do you want peace in other races and other cultures? There will not be peace anywhere, he says, as long as there is a war going on in your heart and in your soul. There are a lot of people who have wars going on in their hearts and in their souls. Those who are the most combative, most angry, most critical, most aggressive, are almost always those who are not at peace with themselves. And so they take it out on everybody else. So that begs the question, how do you make peace with yourself? I think it's through your faith. I think it's through Christ. I think it's through asking God to help you with that. I'm not sure we can do it on our own. I think it starts with prayer. It starts with acceptance. It starts with surrender. It starts with dealing with issues that sometimes we would rather just not face, that we'd just rather avoid or put out of our mind. But being at peace with ourselves is something that we will spend our entire lives wrestling with. Second thought. To experience peace in life, we have to learn, we have to learn and we have to practice the virtue of patience. And patience is the fourth fruit of the Spirit that Paul names. But patience is not easy. And some people really, 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 really wrestle with it. Delayed gratification. It's understanding that we can't have everything that we want when we want it. And guess what? God blesses us with opportunities to practice patience every single day. In traffic, with our children, in our marriage, at the grocery store, at the bank, there are countless opportunities for you to practice patience. The world is one big workout gym. For patience. There's a guy in one of my men's groups, and we were talking about patience a number of years ago, and he told this story. He said, you know, one time I was checking out at the grocery store, and there were, there were two, two lines that were really, really short, and there was one line that was really, really long, and there was one line that was actually open, and I intentionally got in the line that was long because I knew I needed to practice patience. You ever tried that? Drive around Green Hills for a little while. You can practice patience. <laughs> Third, to experience peace in our lives, we must understand and practice another Christian virtue, which is the transforming power of forgiveness. You know, every single one of us has been done wrong by somebody. Somebody has hurt us. Somebody has offended us. Somebody has disrespected us. Somebody has ignored us. We all have that in common. 
And Jesus taught us to forgive because you cannot live your life any other way and still have inner peace. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean that you forget, but it does mean that you let it go. Forgiveness doesn't mean that you set yourself up to to be hurt again, but it does mean that you have to put the hurt in the past and move on and not keep bringing it up over and over again. Peaceful people learn to forgive because if you don't, then you're the one who suffers. Somebody said it's like drinking poison and waiting on somebody else to die. Fourth, to experience peace in our lives, we have to recognize that we simply can't control everything. Duke theologian Stanley Harawas, somebody that I did a lot of research on during my doctoral work at Suwannee, he said this in his book, The Peaceable Kingdom, our need to be in control is the basis for the violence of our lives. For since our control and power cannot help but be built on an insufficient basis, we must use force to maintain the illusion that we are in control. We are deeply afraid of losing what unity of self we have achieved. And so any idea or person who is threatening that unity must either be manipulated or eliminated. You know, there are some things in life that we can control. I would like to think that inner peace is something that we can control, that we do have control over. But there are many, many, many more things that are outside of our control. And peaceful people realize that, and they make peace with that reality. The heart of the serenity prayer, for those of you that are uh, familiar with 12 steps, the heart of the serenity prayer is learning to differentiate between the things that you can control and the things that you can't control. God, give me the wisdom to know the difference. Because if you're always trying to control the things that are out of your control, you will drive yourself crazy. It makes you miserable. Lastly, experiencing peace, I think, means not getting trapped or sucked into unnecessary conflict with non-peaceful people. It always takes two to tango. It takes two to fight. If somebody is combative or manipulative or passive-aggressive, and you get tangled up with that person, then you have to play by their rules to win. Or you lose. And I think many times avoidance is a much better option if that's possible. I think this is why Jesus said, turn the other cheek. Go the extra mile. You know, not only do you say don't engage in it, but expose it for what it is. Sometimes silence is the best response. It is possible to love another person and still not get drawn into their drama. You don't have to play that game. I know a guy in this church who once said that everything changed in his life when he realized that he didn't have to fight every battle. He said, I couldn't fight every battle. I was crazy to think that I should fight every battle. So choose your battles wisely and rarely. In Paul's letter to the Romans, there's this section of Scripture that is 
subtitled in the NRSV, uh, True Marks of the Christian Life. And I love this passage of Scripture. Uh, Chapter 12, Romans 12, beginning with verse 9. But this is some of what Paul says. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. And if it is possible, he says, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. So far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. There's no doubt in my mind that peace mattered to Jesus. Based on what he said, based on what he did, and there's no doubt in my mind that most people, maybe not all, but most people in this world long for peace. They long for peace in their heart and peace in their soul and peace in their marriage and peace in their family. But peace will not come until we do the inner soul work to put ourselves in a position to know Christ better and to experience the peace that He promises us on a regular basis. He says, my peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Amen.